0: This is exactly right. Uh Oh, now it's an emergency mode. on it's it it's got two settings <laughs> okay cool okay. All right. can you see me i can can you see me right down the galley right mm-hmm.
1: down the, right down the gauntlet let's keep eye contact this entire episode okay hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. welcome to my favorite murder it's a true crime
0: comedy podcast that's that right you've been waiting for since last wednesday <laughs> That's Karen Kilgariff. I mean, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. That's Georgia Hardstark.
1: <laughs> we don't know what day it is. It doesn't matter what day it is. We've <laughs> told you already. Stop being superficial today. <laughs> oh, you love Wednesdays. Oh, oh. oh, I love calendars. Look at me <laughs> mark my calendar. I'm so into calendars. Like, you don't even know. Those squares contain all my plans. <laughs> Multitudes. <laughs> um, today, okay. which is a Wednesday, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. is... Is it Tuesday? No, no, no. It's Wednesday. Okay. Um, Today is a year since the Golden State Killer was caught. Do you remember? Happy birthday, Karen. Happy,
0: happy Golden State birthday, thank Georgia. You. I will tell you this right now. I know exactly where I was driving <gasps> when I saw it on Twitter. And thank you again to that uh, person on Twitter that <laughs> alerted me at eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. driving home from something. I remember that down Moore Park. I fucking look at Twitter. Someone says, "Could it be this is really happening?" Then the texts begin. You start. You
1: text me. You're the one who informed me. Thank you very much. That's that's <sighs> I now live for it. I live for it. It's now two that you've told me were caught cold, cold cases that were solved. So you're on a roll. Thank you. It's my dream
0: to be that person. To be your personal newscaster.
1: Look out for the Delphi murders uh, when they catch him because that, that that's going to matter so yeah, much. Yeah. So you. I need you to tell me. That'll be three. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was really exciting. I think I woke up from a nap at eleven. Yep, that's right. (laughs) And I think you and I were like not talking right then. Yeah. I think
0: we were like had We had just come off was it the European tour? Yeah. Was it there was something where it was like book and tour and too much of each other. Stress,
1: stress, stress. And I was just like, okay, we need to take a you know, just the week to ourselves. Can I please have one day? That's the thing I like to say. And then the Golden State Killer getting caught brought us back together. Yep. I like, was just called like, like you immediately. I
0: know you want to talk to me. That's right. I know I'm the only person you want to talk to right now. That's right. Called yeah. you. And these are the sinews <laughs> that hold the muscles of the exoskeleton, endoskeleton of our relationship together. That's right. And this podcast. It is like the ocean where the tide goes out but baby it comes back in that's
1: right every time save our waters <laughs> don't clean up your. please get the plastic shit out of yes. our ocean cut up your six-pack plastic can yes thing. a seagull's beak is
0: going to get caught in that <laughs> is that what it's, you want on your conscience hilarious it's going to look like a victorian or a what know. would that be <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like a seagull i thought that was the the point is that we're dressing up birds of the ocean <laughs> as like uh, what is it the, from the 1500s it's like, like
1: avant-garde garb
0: yes avant-garde like grace jones or uh-huh. uh the restoration the 1500s that's Ooh, right why would i even make a statement let's like that let's say the 1500s Where and the, so it is the 1500s were either The Restoration, the Renaissance,
1: or those two things are the same. This is my point. You don't need to name the Renaissance two things. There are many history podcasts that you can immediately hang up on this one and turn that on if you want. (laughs) And
0: do it. And we wish you would. And we wish you well doing it. We
1: do. Oh, I have a quick um podcast recommendation that I just started listening to when we were on the plane home from St. Louis and I fucking binge it. There's like only four episodes. Okay. It's called The Ballad of Billy Balls. And Oh yes, you've been talking about oh, this. Oh and Crimetown put it out. It's like their neck their new season of their crime. And it's hosted by Io Tillett Wright and he's just such a badass. It's such a fucking good podcast. Ooh. It's like, it's like CB, they're trying to solve a like CBGB era fucking rockers murder Ooh. with the girlfriend of the ro- murder rocker involved and Io Tillett is also involved and you don't know how until the third episode, but it's Ooh. so fucking good. I love it so much. Awesome. Yeah. I actually.
0: Um, I guess if we're going to do it, let's do a podcast let's do corner. It. Let's do it. This is our new thing. Um, because I have been listening to so many more lately than normal. Um, I went back because I'd never listened to Atlanta Monster. Right. Um, Which I oftentimes I just stay silent because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, enough. I can't. <laughs> but I've always been fascinated with the Wayne Williams and the Atlanta Child Killer case and how... They used to, when it was just the uh, American Justice episodes yeah. type of treatment, it was this thing of it was an open and shut case right. that caught him on the bridge, da-da-da. Wayne Williams, period. But there was other, then there were a couple other shows that would fold in this thing of isn't that convenient that yeah. on the last night of the stakeout on this bridge they caught this guy? Isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient? You know, what were they trying to st- step around? What race issue were they trying to avoid blowing up? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And it was
1: the 80s, right? So that shit was already blowing up. It was already... Especially in Atlanta. ...roiling,
0: yes, and in the South. Anyway, I just... it. I blazed through it. Obviously, I'm late to the party, so who cares about this? But I just... Payne Lindsay is great, a great podcaster Uh and did such a good job with this investigation and opening those doors instead of going conspiracy theory or or like putting that tinge on it, it's pulling in this very now modern look of like hey white people, you never look at anything (laughs) this way because you are you know, coming from this bias of you don't know what it's like to feel this like police oppression or this police
1: abuse, constant abuse, constant neglect. Or you think that the community, the you know black community, thinks of their children differently than, than you would or right. somehow it's not as important because it's a child who doesn't look like your child yes so you know looking at it in that way of like it's just as important yes and those children deserve justice just as much as any fucking white kid does and it's it's the travesty of when social
0: uh right oppression it then creates these victims who are entirely innocent. Yeah. And that's another really lovely theme. Is that innocence, these innocent children, yeah. just because they were out at eleven o'clock at night or whatever, just because their home lives weren't ideal. Right. They were innocent children. So yeah it's so good if you haven't which everyone already has this oh, is like me recommending Friends it's a great sitcom to watch <laughs> but um, I just really it blazed
1: through it and really liked it I love it and that's
0: Podcast, Podcast corner. corner Ding 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 corner, ding, corner, ding, corner. ding
1: ding ding ding. to talk more about podcasts real quick Murder Squad their new episode this week has them this fucking Paul Holes and Billy Johnson talking about the Golden State Killer which is like how they met it's like their fucking thing you know it's their origin story and they have a sur- Survivor on the that they interview, and she's just an incredible woman, and her amazing son. You got the percast. You have the phone line, which has this week is Christmas Doe and Dennis Doe, two children who were murdered in Georgia in their cold cases. Mm -hmm. And then um, this podcast will kill you this week is doing the Zika virus. Oh, how nice! I just love it. Uh,
0: I do love the how the um, kind of like the concentric circles of interest around. Like It's like, I like true crime, but I also like other fucked up things that happen. I love it. That don't necessarily belong in that little circle, but they definitely belong in that outer circle. It's like,
1: societal woes is my favorite thing. Sure. However they come down that pipe. And pretty soon, um, Exactly Right Network is going to have yet another podcast. We have like so many coming. Did you call it a podcast? Did I? (laughs) While I was grabbing my boobs? Did you
0: notice that? She's dirty, dirty. Yeah. A That's po- it. Sorry. An- well, no, I interrupted
1: you. You the, Another podcast that what? I don't know. We'll have a lot of podcasts coming up soon, so keep, stay tuned. Make sure you follow. Can you do that? Exactly Right Network? Can you follow a network on iTunes? I don't. Well, you subscribe. To the network? No, to every individual show, probably. CNN? You can't. Sub- How about Spotify? But you can
0: subscribe to uh, um, Exactly Right on Twitter. And um, you Jay is the one posting all those Twitter
1: updates of all the shows. And Instagram. Do it. Please. We fight about Twitter and Instagram. We we are uh, opposing teams. One is on
0: <laughs> jokes only and words only. One is pictures. That's right. Um, uh, what else? Anything? It, yes. Yeah. It was. Oh, I thought you were like in a very serious moment. No, no. It was just something before. It was about that.
1: It was like going around it. Twitter.
0: Nah. Lizzo.
1: <laughs> Always. Uh, she retweeted you. That was exciting. That was crazy. She, um,
0: but her album had come out, so she was kind of retweeting everybody that was talking about it. Yeah, but, but. she also retweeted Courtney Barnett, who Ooh. is one of my favorite singer-songwriters. So good. Um, everybody loves Lizzo right now. She's She is the it girl of the moment. That's right. Oh, um,
1: I was going to say something great. Oh, uh, <laughs> fan cult. We have a fan cult. We're doing all kinds of exciting things. There's contests coming. There's going to be like, a, we're giving away like a lunchbox. It's really weird. But like a book, like based on our book. So like the fan cult and the book. It's like, it's book swag. Yeah, book swag it comes out May 28th. I'm sure we're going to be giving away a lot of signed copies. All this shit. Yeah, but fan cult only. We have to be exclusive about it. Yeah, I mean, so, we'll give you a few too. If we, we can't afford it. Just,
0: yeah. Exclusive. <laughs>
1: Okay, all right. right, right. exclusive, exclusive. <laughs>
0: um, but basically, it's uh, join the insider circle so you know everything that we're doing. Yeah, and it's better than it used to be.
1: Should we get started? Yep. Who's first? Ugh, this again. Me, based <laughs> on the weekend, Stephen. No, based on the Power Rangers. Okay, being the first. Based thing. on reality, yeah. we have to do okay. it based on what the, always, the listener's reality, not our reality. I always forget which ones which. I know. what is reality i am truly no i mean believe me okay i'm okay bye (laughs) i do i'm doing the murder of hella crafts aka the wood chipper murder aka the first episode of forensic files no yes amazing and um I, i was like up all night. What murder do I do? Because the one I did ended up being too gruesome, and I'm like, you can't fucking do that, Georgia. So I was like, looking for a new one, and I was like, well, I wonder what the first episode of Forensic Files is. Found it. And I was like, oh my god, how have we not done this? This is I love this idea, right? It's so smart. Thank you. I'm very smart. And uh, they, this is before Forensic Files had started naming their uh, episodes really weird shit, like yeah. you know, Pums. skirting the issues. Yes, when it's, it's like always a, a bad part. right? And this was just called the Disappearance of Hella Crafts, okay. and her name is Hella. H e l l e is how you spell it, but right. it's Hella. Okay. So, so I got a lot of the info from morbidology.com. There's an Mm -hmm. article by Emily Thompson and also, of course, our friend Murderpedia. Yes. uh, Especially an article by Mark Gatto. Hella Crafts was born uh, Heller Lork Nielsen on July 4th, 1947. She grew up in a small village in Denmark. Okay. And uh, she's vibrant. She's outgoing. She made friends easily. She's super fucking smart. By the time she was a teenager, she had learned French and English and was able to understand German, Norwegian, and Swedish. So I know only three of those. And I... <laughs> That's a lie. I, I'm not even great at English.
0: Uh Do you remember when we were in Scandinavia trying to pronounce those fucking city names? Skjorgans. Uh, oh, yeah. And there were, my favorite was, and I know we've told this story, but going up and making people in the front row tell us how to pronounce it. Meanwhile, they were speaking absolutely perfect, like, California English, where they're like, don't worry about it. We don't really care. We're like, oh, my God. Or
1: they were all, like, expats who didn't know how to say it either, or they had just come to you know Amsterdam to see us yeah they were just on vacation it was hilarious stop asking us shit yeah um so yeah she would have been good at that Mm -hmm. so by the time she was 20 Hella is a beautiful young woman I showed Vince a photo and I was like who does she look like because I need to explain and he immediately was like Emma uh, Emily Watson oh wow so the actress Emily Watson were an east coast like housewife Mm -hmm. that's what she looked like and it's exactly like her she became a Dutch stewardess how do, what do we say now? Not stewardess. Flight attendant. Flight attendant or air hostess? I'm not sure. I'm going to go flight attendant. Okay. Um, and then she, she loved discovering new places. It was like a perfect job for her because she was so outgoing and friendly and everyone fucking loved her, of course. Uh, then she found out that Pan American Airlines. Pan Am. Pan Am was hiring. Sure. She applied along with 200 other people for eight spaces available and she got one yeah which is sorry to say but that is kind of like a beauty contest because back yeah. then
0: it that's kind of what it was it Isn't- was like the hooters of the air <laughs> but not in an
1: objectification way you also had to be a good you know wait a, hostess. a
0: host hostess yes
1: you had to really you had to be good At, like, up-close customer service. Yeah. Don't they have, like, a Pan Am experience here in in L.A. somewhere where you can do, like, the whole... You have dinner as if you were on a Pan Am flight from the 60s? No! So, I follow this incredible woman. Her name is Allison Martino. She's the daughter of Al Martino, who was this singer in the fucking 50s and 60s, like, old Los Angeles crooner type of dude. Mm -hmm. And she posts... She does these, like, crazy experiences and tells you all this history of L.A. So, she went on this Pan Am experience, and it's, like they serve you the food they would have served you we have to do that even you looked it up and what'd you find air hollywood's Phantom experience is a re- weekly retro themed f- event for aviation enthusiasts and people looking for a new fine dining experience i am you <laughs> always say
0: me. you always say i always with my fake long fake nails point at you and with, say, my, with
1: your capri yes
0: georgia hold on let me take a sip of this wine spritzer <laughs>
1: okay well we'll go Please. it's gonna be a my favorite murder um event outing the field
0: trips are beginning. That's right. And then we have to do reports on field trips. Okay, yeah. Stephen's our bus driver. Great. Okay.
1: Okay. Where were we? I don't <laughs> fucking know. The, she becomes a Pan Am. That's right. She won out of tw- 200 people. It, it, she got top eight. That's right. So she sent to Miami for training and it was there on May 24th, 1969, the height probably of Miami at the time, Yeah. Uh, that she met 31-year-old Richard Crafts crafts like i'm crafting okay um he's a pilot for eastern airlines and to me he uh, there's not a lot of photos of him but i wrote if mr rogers were a dick and an insurance salesman <laughs> that's what he looks like so mr rogers but more tan and more buff yeah and like not friendly face if the warmth is gone the warmth's gone and he's trying to sell you uh, bat shitty stocks and okay something. He's trying to get you to get in on this Ponzi scheme. He's a Ponzi type. Exactly. Okay. So like fucking RIP to Mr. Rogers and I'm sorry to desecrate your beautiful name. But we need a baseline. That's right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, when he met Hella in 1969, he was already engaged to someone else, but they, they hooked up. They maintain an on again, off again relationship for the next few years. They fought all the time. Her friend said sometimes in public, her friends didn't like him. They're like, you can get any fucking dude and you're in and this Mr. Rogers looking motherfucker. Um, but, and they're like, you need to join adult children of alcoholics or some <laughs> shit like that. Cause clearly you're a chaos addict. That's right. Yeah. Chaos addict. That's good. Oh, you're pointing. Can I say that you're pointing at yourself? When <laughs> sure. You, did, you pointed at yourself with gusto. I love chaos. Oh, are you? Yes. Oh my God. How are we friends? I
0: don't. I don't <laughs> know. Well, you know what? Maybe I love chaos addicts. I don't think you mind chaos yourself. I know. Yeah but it's weird it's like I don't don't, want to you don't want to think of yourself that way yeah but for me that's the thing of like being late or not turning things in or whatever it's like now what's gonna happen oh so there's a little bit of I'm pretending that that somehow means I'm in control which I'm not
1: I feel like I'm chaotic and I have anxiety about it and I hate it and I don't want to be right same okay that's but what that means
0: but there's almost like if it's what you grew up with oh then it feels like mother's milk so you kind of go like it's my baseline dude
1: and you don't want it to be so can I, shame can i side anecdote please and i meant to mention this my mom got married yes <laughs> last week after having been with my now new stepdad which is the weird. <laughs> i've never had a step parent in my life and what's your new line what's my new line Uh, You're not my real dad. You're not my real dad, John. (laughs) But we love John. She's been with him for like 15 years. He's the best fucking person. I adore him. I get a text message on Tuesday to 14 other people. It was a group text, including phone numbers I didn't have in my phone. So fucking strangers to me. Mm -hmm. And my mom said, surprise, we got married. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Fucking does it, and then when I said to her, you know, I I was just like, that's so Janet. It's fine. I'm so happy for you. Wonderful, wonderful. And then later when we talked, I was like, you know, I really would have loved a phone call, like just to tell me that this happened. And and she's just like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. Oh, you are you need you know did that.
0: Well, here's the thing though. She's the kind of person that like it, it is deadly to be wrong for her it's deadly to be wrong and you can't even like just even put in one uh suggestion in the suggestion
1: box all i want is yeah i could see why you'd want that that's right. it. I know. You My didn't mom, have to do it. Just understand that. Just hear what I'm saying yeah. and see and like readjust your perspective. My yeah. mom was the exact same way
0: where any time I would just be like, you know, what kind of sucks. And she'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. You get everything you want. All that where it was like, <sighs> no complaint was valid, no. which is why when then that comes up for me and where I just like. You then just time travel into having these fights because you did that when you were 11 with the person that was in charge of reality. Jesus
1: Christ. All right. Go ahead. How are we successful (laughs) based on our fucking. Oh,
0: my life. Seriously. (laughs) You lit your bed on fire as a like four year old. I lit my fucking life on fire, friend. I was just telling somebody this where I was just like right up till this podcast got popular. I was sliding down the face of the mountain into the fucking death pool like I was done. And you
1: were like uh, hands up excited like on a roller coaster. Yeah, I was like, like here fuck we Fuck it! Go. Fuck it all! <laughs> yeah. Ooh, and then we both pulled each other up. Yep thank that you. Mountain. Hey.
0: Thank you. Thank you Karen. Thank you Georgia. Thank you Karen. Mm. Where were we? <laughs> Janet. We're calling Janet
1: on Janet. the phone. Janet. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it Janet. Okay. Blah 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 they're together. It's volatile. They probably shouldn't have been. But then in 1975, um, Hella found out that she was pregnant. Oh. And they decided to get married. Sure. Okay. They bought a one level ranch house in the city of Newtown. Newtown. Where her had her first child and then over the next um, few years she had two more. So they have three kids together. Um, Richard picks up a second job as an auxiliary police officer. Is that a security guard? I think it's like, yeah, it's like a part time cop, which shouldn't be a thing without yeah. all the, like, you don't get all the bells Training. and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to do anything, right. but you have a gun. That's right. But, like, he also was, like, kind of a dick about it. Like, he bought the exact same kind of police car that they had and would put, like, wires and shit on it. Like, he, and he just would come to the station even when he wasn't on shift. Like, he really wanted, it. and he was, like, really enforced whatever fucking baby, uh, whatever he had. Uh, Enforce the, any power, any baby power that he had, he like double time. Oh, got it, got it. it.
0: Yeah. So it's like, oh, so you can tell, you can, you can write up someone a citation. Right. But it isn't really a ticket. And they're like, yeah, I'll fucking write citations all day. All
1: day about every little thing. And it's like, calm down, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. So (laughs) it's great. He's doing that. She's, um, continuing to work as a airline. A flight attendant. Flight attendant. Yes. And um
0: according to... Who are more than their looks. I'm sorry. I've said the thing about... No, it, you were talking about in the contest. 60s. It, it was. was. Yeah. The it late was. 60s when it was
1: kind of like, yeah. It's a known thing in the okay, 60s. Good. So, yeah, yeah, All right. You're good. Thanks. So I looked it up, of course, on our My Favorite Murder Gmail and found a murderino named Maggie B. Her mother back then babysat for the craft's children wow and she said richard was a quote bit of an oddball and that hella was very sweet very pretty swedish woman with a thick accent and fuck him (laughs) i said i added that part okay (laughs) so the marriage is rocky of course um richard starts cheating on her even before they're married when he's asked why they got married he said quote uh hella was pregnant at the time we were married it was too far advanced for a doctor to perform an abortion and we decided to get married. So the most romantic Just in man. romance at the
0: height of It's called like a deep human soul connection. Yes. when you get
1: married because it's too late to get an abortion. That's what Oprah calls it. Deep human <laughs> deep human soul connection. connection minus an abortion yeah so during their marriage richard's just fucking cheating all the time he has all these affairs um he would disappear for days at a time and never say where he was and he also bought a shit ton of guns oh for whatever reason because because that's sexy I guess
0: <laughs> for his dates
1: yeah Oh, because he's an auxiliary policeman. Yeah, so he's so he was like, like obsessed with guns. and yeah. they had they made a pretty good wage because of being in the airline industry is good, mm-hmm. and so he spent it. All, he didn't give her any money. He spent all the money on fucking guns and shit. Wow. Um, and in the months leading up to her disappearance, Hella had discovered phone calls to an unknown number. And she's like, he's fucking doing it again. Like, she kind of ignored it because of the kids and stuff. And he probably promised he wasn't doing it anymore. So to uh, confirm her suspicions, she hires a private detective. He's a former Connecticut cop. His name is Keith Mayo. Okay. Which I love. He'd be played <laughs> mayo. like I've heard of his clinic. That's, <laughs> That's, amazing. Right. That's right. It has all the best mayonnaise. That's right. This guy's the best. He'd be played by a young mustachioed Paul Giamatti. Hello. Which I think any role, any movie that my favorite murder makes is going to have Paul Giamatti in it.
0: We got to. And also just in terms of being a utility character actor. Right. You can slap a very slight toupee on him and he's a completely different person yep you can paint him blue you can do whatever it takes (laughs) and the biopic of blue man group
1: (laughs) paint him blue
0: blue man group fucking avatar that's right or his great film uh big fat liar which my entire family is obsessed with
1: or his cameo in the forthcoming book stay sexy and don't get murdered the <laughs> audiobook that's right i don't is that known yet did we talk about it i think we have talked about it but we might as well brag on it a little bit more paul giamatti is doing is helping us read our audiobook yeah here and there here and there he reached out to us and we were like hi can you will you do this is this really you yep. are you making fun of us yes and he yes. was like yes yes no i yep. think that's right okay mm-hmm the end. Paul Giamatti. You'll see. Oh, you'll see. You'll see when you listen to the audiobook. <laughs> and yes, we read it too. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Keith Mayo confirms that not only is Richard having another affair, he's had one girlfriend in particular in New Jersey who he had been seeing for years. Oh, I hate that.
0: Look, I hate that so much. It's so fucking mean yeah. to the other person. Oh. It's so mean to pretend that you're doing... To pretend that you are sharing a reality when you're not.
1: Yeah. I think that's so fucking shitty. Like to trick the person into thinking that their life is what... Is one thing. And it turns out it's incomplete. Like, just tell them that they're nice. Like, you have to go crazy when you find that out, right? Yes, because then suddenly it's
0: just like, it's one thing to have an affair with people you don't care about. And yeah. it's like, oh, he can't stop fucking. That whatever.
1: whatever. Yes. But to be posted up with a totally other person and just have, like, a secret life. And being like, I love you and spending all your emotional fucking energy on them and it's nightmare it's just
0: everyone's worst nightmare yeah. where it's like you're keeping something from me and it's terrible yeah. well this guy was really doing it he, and didn't clearly didn't care about how it impacted and her. was fucking uh, around too so it's like he was even fucking the secret girl I mean fucking over the secret girlfriend yeah it's like no one's safe with yeah El Martino whatever the hell his name is <laughs>
1: no the
0: father of the instagram i'm
1: sorry
0: (laughs) shit i'm so sorry no wait what's his name sorry what's the husband's name richard crafts
1: thank you okay
0: no one's safe with richard crafts (laughs) Stephen. that's an easy pull no it's not safe with leave it okay leave
1: it we're here we're raw we're un we're we're
0: flawed and raw and we love chaos yeah chaos reigns
1: (laughs) we accuse people of shit okay uh, da, 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 da. Uh, so um, now that she has proof of his, his infidelity, she files for divorce and she told her friends that she had feared for her life and that, um, and they kind of believed her because she told them, you know, she confided in her friends about what a dick he was and she had appeared in public multiple times with bruises on her face. Mm. So, um, her divorce lawyer said that she told them that, quote, if anything happened to me, not quote, if anything happened to me. We should not believe that it was an accident, Ugh. which is like, uh how many sucks. times have we said that, though? So many stories times. every it's time women who know what's coming. That's it's right. The worst. It's so sad. And she also told her lawyer that Richard had a shit ton of guns and that he had physically abused her in the past. So despite the fact that he was cheating on her, she decided to attain a no fault divorce as opposed to charge him with adultery. And I'm, sh- you know, I can imagine it's just like, let's make this as like, let's not fucking make him angry like let's let's make this as easy as possible it's not like make him react in any way it sucks so bad yeah she's just trying to slide out the door and close it behind her so she can get out like free
0: and clear that's right so
1: she did that um and she um, was concerned about the children as well how how he would react the divorce papers were written up but they're never served because on november 18th 1986 39 year old hella returns from working on a flight from germany and she's dropped off at her house by two other uh, flight attendants mm-hmm. and they knew about the rocky relationship with richard so when they dropped her off and she was like oh shit he's home because i think they still live together um they they understood so uh it was the last time anyone aside from her husband saw her alive mm-hmm. so her friends become concerned when they haven't heard from hella and richard starts telling everyone a different fucking story like uh she was on another flight or she was at home in denmark with her mom and her mom's like uh no dudes she's not home with me and probably like just like that Mm -hmm. and um other you know he gave different stories to everyone so One of Hella's coworkers named Rita didn't believe Richard's bullshit and was worried about her friend. So she reports Hella missing on the first of December, two weeks after she had gone missing. Wow. So when the police questioned Richard, who by now is an actual policeman with the, with the neighboring county, (sighs) he gives them a bunch of bullshit. He passes a lie detector test. And so they're like, great. And they didn't fucking worry about it. Mm. Even, and so here comes fucking Mr. Mayo, Keith Mayo. Yeah, oh yeah. Who like got hired for this job of proving that he was cheating and he was like, Fuck this shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting involved. This is bullshit. Yay. He was worried about his client. So he decided he needed to find evidence to convince the police to take Hella's disappearance seriously. He finds um he finds in the papers provided by Hella, he finds a receipt for a chainsaw and then he learns that the au pair, uh the au pair tells him that Richard had cut out pieces of his bedroom rug and discarded them at a local dump. Thank you, Au Pair. That's right. Seriously, that was some key fucking evidence. Yeah, she's um, definitely mandatory in this whole case. Okay, nice. So he's like, we're going to the dump. This guy, this fucking private investigator, he, with the help of a local trash uh, trash pickup crew they find out which dump the crafts trash would have been taken to and uh, they go it's like two hours east of Newtown. He recu- uh, recruits a few helpers and for the next several days they search a mountain of trash at the dump. Wow! Can you imagine? Yeah, no. But they, su- uh, they do succeed in locating a portion of rug that's nearly identical to the rug at the crafts residence. And it's taken to the state police laboratory in Meriden, led by a young forensics investigator for the state police. None other than, and it's the first episode of Forensic Files, Dr. Henry Lee. <gasps> there he is. There he is. He should be on the first e- episode of Forensic Files. It ta- it, this took place in... Uh, the Forensic Files was aired in 1996. So we were I was sixteen when I'm sure I first fucking saw this. I was flying on diet pills, age twenty six. <laughs> and Henry Lee was just a bright eyed, bushy tailed <laughs> forensics dude. That's amazing. Yeah. He's one of the count the country's foremost forensic scientists already though. So Hella's friends also kept up a nonstop campaign of calling the police for updates about the investigation because they fucking knew that she wouldn't have just disappeared and left her children behind. No, of course. And as a result, the state's attorney's office. So they they fucking usurp the local cops. They decide that the investigation should be handled in total by the Connecticut State Police. So they take the fucking case away. That's what that's for. That's right. So, when they looked into his behavior finally without note, because they didn't know him and didn't give a shit, right? They weren't buddies. They, uh, they look into his behavior right after she disappeared and they find some strange shit. So, aside from several pieces of the carpet, uh, in the bedroom that had been removed, he had completely remodeled their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Lee performed uh, of course, it's the first episode of Forensic Files. A luminol test, luminol test, yay! In various locations, they test positive for the presence of blood. And uh, among Richard's credit card records, they find that he had purchased a new freezer, chainsaw. He had bought also. They find that he had rented a two thousand seven hundred pound wood chipper and oh. a U haul truck shortly before Hella disappeared. Oh, God. He also his numerous affairs continued after Hella disappeared and never once did he mention to any of these fucking women uh, who knew he was married, that his wife was missing. Uh-oh. So, uh, and then Hella's car is found in an air, an employee airport parking lot. So when the story of Hella's disappearance finally starts making the news because someone's fucking taking it seriously, the snowplow driver comes forward and he's like, I know Richard. i you know, he knew him by sight. Uh, I saw Mr. Crafts using the wood chipper near the lake in the early morning hours uh, of the, like right after she disappeared. It was a there had been a severe winter storm that had hit Connecticut and uh, it was snow and sleet everywhere, gusty winds. And so they were emergency p- snow plowing the roads. Mm. And he drives past his U-Haul and he sees a fucking wood chipper attached to it. And, and then he sees this Richard Crafts and he's like, that's fucking weird. That's weird out in the middle of this post snowstorm. Right. Day. So when he finds out that his wife is missing, he comes forward. Good. Um, Good job, snowplow guy. That's right. I like to call you Mr. Plow. (laughs) His name again is? Mr. Plow. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay, police go to the scene of where uh, the wood chipper uh, was seen. And uh, they find uh, there's a scattering of wood chips under a layer of dead leaves. And among those wood chips, they also find a human thumb, a fingertip with the nail attached, covered in pink nail polish... 2660, strands of blonde hair, um. a big toe, uh, 69 slivers of human bone, a truncated piece of human skull, five droplets of human blood, and a mailing label with Helicraft's name on it and two teeth. Oh, so awful. That's all that's fucking left.
0: Also, slight sidebar, but wood chippers themselves are frightening machines. If I've you've never, ever, okay, never. So is. Those kinds of things were always around growing up because, like, my aunt and uncle had a farm. Yeah, yeah. So they were – and we lived on Eucalyptus Avenue. Oh, shit. And, um And there was a eucalyptus grove between our house and my aunt Jean's house. So they used to have to go into the creek every year and and cut down trees and then put them in the wood chipper. Okay. And there's a fam- a famous family story of them doing it, my dad, my Uncle Steve, and my cousin Stevie. And I think Stevie was, like, a 17 or 18, and they were throwing stuff in the wood chipper yeah. and Stevie threw a branch it caught in his sleeve no and pull and then he started his arm started going into the wood chipper connected to this branch that was by oh like basically gravity yeah. pulling him in and my dad turned around and yanked him back <gasps> out Basically, like, saved his arm. Holy shit. In a shit. thing that happened, they, when they came back and retold the story, they were all white, like, completely pale gray, and were just like, and you're, my cousin Stevie, who was such an asshole growing up, <laughs> and he like turned to me and my sister's like, your dad saved
1: my arm. Aww. He saved He lives. didn't save his arm. He probably would have bled out. Yeah. Like you're if right. your arm gets chewed off in there, it's just gonna be massive amounts of blood loss. If you're out in the middle of the fucking farm and you have to what is like a half an hour to town? You're so right. Also, that's an I survived where the guy gets his arms cut off in the combine
0: and it but oh, he, lives, yeah, he, he lives, lives, he lives. <laughs> and he gets they get reattached. But also <laughs> it's the thing of in that moment like i think about this all the time i freeze sometimes Mm. and when things like that happen like if somebody screams or there's a loud noise oftentimes it'll be like wait what's going on but i think because my dad was a fireman he just had that thing of you do not you just act for sure
1: judge it and you don't panic either he probably has had so much experience in not panicking whereas like we don't see shit like that all the time so we do panic (laughs) yeah they're just close calls close calls it's and wood chippers are just so scary. So scary. Well, this motherfucker. Yeah. Ugh. So, okay. And in total, Dr. Henry Lee's team found just a total of three ounces of human remains. Wow. Total. So Dr. Henry Lee determined that the O-type blood positive was a match to Hela's and that the bone fragments belonged to a human and a forensic odontologist was able to identify the tooth as belonging to Hela Crafts. So they confirmed that it was her body. Um, in addition, they uncovered a submerged chainsaw in the Housatonic River or house satanic river it's house satanic yes that's it that's <laughs> the one the chainsaw had blonde hairs intertwined in the chains and inside the rented u-haul van they also found a clump of human tissue like material that tested positive for human blood fucking monster so this guy was like a monster and messy and like not good just at, disgusting yeah he like yeah. didn't even he was like a mile from his house he like didn't even he was so cocky that he would never get caught that he just didn't even fucking care psychopath yeah So based on this information, of course, Hella Crafts is pronounced dead and 50-year-old Richard is arrested when he arrives home from a Christmas ski trip with his children. Wow. Right after their mother goes goes disappearing. (laughs) That's what it is. That's what... It is. Prosecutors, they face a double burden because not only did they have to convince the jury that Hella was actually dead because they didn't have, quote unquote, a body. Right. Which has never happened. They, there's never been a trial in Connecticut up until this point where there wasn't a body um, and a murder trial. And they also had to convince the jury that Richard was the one who killed her. So... There was no physical body. And the motive they argued was that Richard didn't want to get a divorce, of course. Mm. Um, they theorized that Richard's, Richard first struck Hella unconscious with something blunt in their bedroom. And then he carried her body to the freezer where he left her to freeze, assuming because it's easier and less messy to put through the wood chipper, Ugh. which is so fucking awful. Disgusting. Like to, to think that through in those details. And then it's also your wife and the mother of your children. I mean,
0: It is the thing of this is the difference. Where you can, this is the difference of when you have a conscience and
1: when you don't. Right. Because
0: thinking about the scene from Fargo where you, of, of the wood chipper, I get sick and like, I don't want to think about it anymore. And, and the person guy's who's like, being wood chipped is a fucking, is supposed to
1: terrible character. It's
0: a terrible character, but also it's like, it's a, it's a prop
1: leg yeah. sticking.
0: You know what I mean? Yes. It's as fake as it can be and I don't like thinking about it. Yeah.
1: And the person who puts him through is like a dead eyed monster. Yes. And that's, and this person did it to his fucking wife. Yeah. Which is sick. Um, so he then took Hella's body to the river where he was seen by the snow plower. Thank God. Mr. Plow. Uh, <laughs> and dropped into several pieces with the chainsaw and then put through the wood chipper. I mean, we're sickening. I mean, this? think about your children. They're going to have to fucking grow up knowing this. He doesn't think about anybody. Of course though. not. The police believe that he then um, put the, scattered the pieces in the river and uh, around the surrounding area. So during his trial, the couple's housekeeper, Don Thomas, tells the courtroom that on the day of Hella's disappearance, Richard had allowed her to go home early and she testified that Richard had removed a freezer and a carpet with a large black stain from their home just a couple days after hella disappeared i fucking love these witnesses they're all like i love them with my heart it's bananas um when dawn is asked about the peculiar when dawn is like richard what's that fucking stain mr crafts whatever he's like i spilled kerosene and i i don't want you to clean it i'm just gonna cut the fucking carpet out yeah okay. like, oh you mean because you had your hurricane lamp up in the bedroom right
0: you fucking <laughs> piece of shit
1: um hella's friend susan Lawson tells the court that richard had physically abused hella before and that he had lied he had said his colon cancer had come back and when Hella called the doctor to confirm that, it turned out he was lying to get her to not go through with the divorce. Oh God, that's right. Then Richard Kraft's own brother-in-law testified that when the state police divers started looking for his wife in the rivers, he said, "Quote, let them dive. There's no body. It's gone." His own brother-in-law did that <sighs> after a hundred fucking witnesses. And 650 exhibits are presented in a 53-day trial, which I guess is a very fucking long time. The the jury deliberates for 17 days. And on July 15th, 1988, a mistrial is fucking declared. Yes. Because there was one motherfucking jury member who it was 11 to 1 in favor of conviction. One jury member walks out because he refuses to vote to convict. So it was a mistrial. He was just somehow like, I don't think... And that man
0: was Mitch McConnell.
1: (laughs) 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 Fucking Uh, piece of shit. uh, uh. (sighs) The the prosecutors, bless their hearts, they're like, fuck you, we're doing this again. Like, they were... Oh, thank God. Thank God. They were like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. (laughs) So... (laughs) The second trial scheduled for the following year. This time, the prosecution's able to successfully argue that Hella had been murdered, and it took only eight hours to reach a unanimous verdict. Three years and two days since Hella was last seen alive, the jury found that Richard was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Phew. And at his sentencing, he says, quote, a great deal has been said about my apparent lack of emotion. I have feelings like everyone else, which is like, how do you? You think you do. It's that weird psychopath thing where it's like, this is how everyone feels about things. Right. You don't know what other people's emotions are.
0: And the blindness to when you finally go to say something, it's all about, oh, my God, this is so hard for me. right? You're not even smart enough to not do the thing that psychopaths always do, which is, I've been through a lot in this trial where it's like, you
1: idiot. You're pointing back at yourself again. Totally. It's like these people are so manipulating and cunning and fucking like uh what's like nefarious mentally ill yes but then they're like pretty stupid because they don't think they don't think with empathy and with an open hubris. mind Hubris. okay it's, that's it's the one it's hubris that they, guy they think
0: it's what you said they think they're smarter than everybody yeah. so there's no in their mind there's no way they can mess
1: up right because they have already thought it all through and they know everything right nightmare okay. so um he maintained his innocence and continued to say that hella had just disappeared at a sentencing richard's own fucking sister who by then had custody of the couple's three children oh. i know she urged the judge to impose the maximum sentence his own sister Shit. he's sentenced to 50 years in prison yay keith mayo let's find out i was like what happened to keith mayo though and so i googled For sure. him um he sent a registered letter to the police commissioner commission chairman asking for an independent investigation into why the Newtown police did not take hella's missing persons report seriously so he called for an investigation of the conduct of the police department's detective bureau which is like you fucking double down like he yes. did not be he didn't need to be involved in any of this but he was like i'm gonna follow this through yeah which is so fucking he cared amazing Sadly, in 1999, at 46 years old, Keith Mayo died from injuries, suffered in a car accident. Oh, no. I know. I was so bummed when I saw that. That's so young. I know. He was survived by his wife and three children. Helicraft's murder was a landmark case. It advanced forensic science greatly. It involved serology, radiology, Ballistics, hair and fiber experts, and FBI experts. And it was the first case in which somebody was convicted of murder with no body in the state of Connecticut. What's that called? Habeas? I've been trying to think of it. Corpus delicti. For real? Yeah. Here's how I was delicti. trying to think of it. Delicti. Yes,
0: that's delicti. Corpus delicti. Because I just saw them talking about it on another Forensic Files yeah. when we were on tour. Yeah, I think and I watched that one too. No <laughs> we, <tell. laughs> we were watching it at the same time. Yeah. The one Skip Hollinsworth was on. Oh, Skip. Um, But. The, I kept thinking how funny it is. Delecti may sound like delicious body. Yeah, delectable. Yeah. So as I was trying to think of it, like, I was going to sound so smart if I could come up with habeas corpus delecti. <laughs> but I was like, like, habeas delicious. Like,
1: I kept thinking of it. I'm like, just don't say No, no. Right. I only it. know it because I listened to um No Stone Unturned, the yeah. study of the, um what are they called? No Stone Unturned, which is the story of necrosearch who find bodies that... um that have been hidden and because of that, they can try the murderers because they have a body. Okay. Right. Re- a couple of years ago, Joel Cohen admitted in a Huffington Post article that the wood chipper scene in Fargo is directly inspired by the murders of the murder of Helicraft. That makes perfect sense. And the earliest Richard can be released is August 2021 when he'll be 84 years old. So let's fucking Keith Mayo that shit and keep him in prison they
0: will especially
1: I mean like it's infamous yeah and
0: he's 80 where's he gonna go now
1: totally Uh, and that's the story of the murder of helicrafts wow god Great idea. Thanks. I'm just going to start doing that. Unsolved Mystery, First episode. <laughs> Cold Case Files. First episode. I love that, though,
0: because, you know, James Charles, the um, makeup guy that me and Nora, my niece Nora, love to watch yes. together. He did that same thing where he went to the first YouTube makeup <gasps> tutorial no. and did it along with the woman who did the first YouTube makeup tutorial. Legend. It was it's the funniest. That's... It made us laugh so hard because it was like. Clearly from, like, 1996 yeah. or whatever. And I think it was Bobby Brown. I think it was, like, or Jane Iredell. Someone was or like, you know it's a great idea. And everyone's like, why are you bothering with that? Yeah, exactly. And they're like, no, come on, throw some bronzer on. Yeah, No and, one's going to watch this. And he did it along with, and he couldn't get over that she was applying foundation with her fingers. <laughs> he was so <laughs> grossed out. It was really funny. Amazing. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs.
1: Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day.
0: Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so
1: go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again,
0: don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. Um this was one I was thinking of doing for St. Louis for the live show. Mm-hmm. Too dark
1: Or big or heavy or whatever. So I didn't do it. So it's so funny that, like, it's still dark and big and heavy. We just don't have to hear the audience silence when you say something (laughs) terrible. That's the only difference. Right.
0: Yeah, our live show is is more comedic. I would say it's, like, on the... The scale tips toward comedic as opposed to true crime because because it's a fucking live show. Yeah. And it's the and that's the fun part. We well, definitely do the dark part, but it's
1: fun, but it's also hard to, to say all these horrible things and then have no reaction from the audience or.
0: Well, yeah, it's a when once you're in a live show setting and vibe, you just want those fucking yeah. laughs. And that's I mean, I don't know what you want. That's what I want. I want that. That's all I want. I don't want to talk about the horrible things.
1: <clears throat> so yeah. tell
0: me right now. Okay. Okay. So, in privacy, with just Stephen watching, yeah. it's so much easier to tell you about the Kansas City Hyatt walkway collapse of <gasps> 1981. Do you know about this? Dude. I'd never heard of it. and Because sometimes I go like, oh, maybe there's a disaster that's like, you know, something to talk about. And these ones are awful and it's it's human error and it's and it's innocent lives so like you know yeah it's very difficult to talk can about.
1: i tell you though it's yeah. so weird the one i i ended up i had a murder i said and i changed my mind last minute because it was too gruesome mine was when i was going to do in nashville but was too gruesome for that it was the interstate 75 largest car crash in american history i why wouldn't do you do remember that? that
0: one? Yes, was it? Is
1: it because of the fog? Yeah. Yes, because of the fog incredible. from the paper mill. So it's it's not murder, but it's it's um what's it called when you don't pay attention enough uh, when you're like
0: you mean like human error? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So there's not. It's not like there's a villain or a bad guy. Right. It's like this could have happened. You could have been you.
1: No, no, no. Yes. And the and it's uh like passive murder because the paper plants didn't give a shit and just like let this stuff happen for oh, years right. and years. Yes.
0: Manslaughter, I think they call it. Okay. I mean, I, um well, I'll do it the, sometime in the future. That's then. what you mean. Are you sure you haven't done that because that sounds
1: super familiar? Probably have. <laughs> Let's be honest. I had had to make Stephen look up the one I just did right before we recorded because I was like, I bet I've done this before. You just said that. (laughs) Look, I probably have. Hey, look, look. Look, don't judge me.
0: (laughs) Listen. Okay. Okay. So we're in this fucked up story, but it's 1981.
1: So let me set a little picture for you. I'm so into this. I'm so here for this. Okay. Okay, Thank you.
0: It's 81. 81. It's not just before, which everything when we're talking about things like this, we're always like, it's before the internet or whatever. But this is so f- far back. 81 is like when everything was brown, tan, or moss green. The yeah. world was muted, muted, dimmer, boring, flat, pre video games. This was like, go outside and ride your bike or you're fucked or watch. Yeah.
1: Uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons from 1944, right? And I love Lucy. Yeah, go go try to play Pong, and that's that was an exciting video game. That's right. We
0: begged my dad for fucking yeah. Pong, yeah. And then Atari came out. We're like, no, 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 we want Atari. And then he waited three years and got us Pong <laughs> because Jim <laughs> fought. He's Jim. S- he fought it. And fought it and fought it and uh, and he would always go like we'd be like dad please can we get cable can we please have HBO and he'd be like we have it at the firehouse you and you don't need it so you don't missing it out. like I'll kill you you're living the greatest life at the firehouse <laughs> and coming home and anyway that's not what this is about great Eight, 1981 okay the Iran hostage crisis finally comes to a close the Yorkshire Ripper is caught post-it notes are invented oh. So this is a time where it's like we're not even talking about like digital
1: this or digital that we're talking about. Post-it notes yeah. hadn't even been around. Like, that was nuts. Life starting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, li- you know, like pre-post-it notes. Like, pre-post-it what notes. You, it's fucking piece of paper with like light glue on the back. And it you can't even figure that out?
0: Revolutionary.
1: Pre-80s? If people were like, look, it's just a little square. I can do
0: anything I want with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we had just gotten over the invention of whiteout. Or we're like, oh, I can change pen mistakes. It's incredible. Yeah. And every paper that you wrote, it, that I wrote in sixth grade weighed six pounds because you had so much whiteout oh, on it. Jesus. And also, Jay and I were just talking this morning about how uh, calculators. And how I was like, remember how hilarious it was when you would write boobs by writing 80085 <laughs> on right. a calculator? Or boob lists. Or boob list. There's a couple things you could yeah. do. And that, to us, was like, that was Twitter. That was the height. <laughs> Holding up Twitter. a calculator that said boobs was like fucking a tweet storm. That's right. <laughs> This was full-on crow magnon era yeah. life. The first flight of the um, space shuttle Columbia happened. This was uh, this was when the AIDS virus was identified, wow. first identified, which I remember seeing on the news. Which was already killing people, but they finally identified. They finally it. fucking said it was happening.
1: And then Reagan just made sure that everyone was okay afterwards, right? No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, he fucking please. ignored it for years and years and decades. Please, goodbye. Sorry, goodbye. <sighs>
0: Um, Lady Diana Spencer married Charles <laughs> the of Prince, Prince of Wales. Wales. Oh, you can edit that out. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, that's, no, you're exactly right. And that is the world we lived in. Yeah. Um. Also, and I'll just, as a side note to Lady Diana Spencer marrying Charles the Prince of Wales, there was such a... Um, lady die and prince charles fever that took over america in 1981 except in my grandma's house <laughs> and literally if you talked about it if you brought it up if it came on the news she would get so fucking pissed why because the irish were oppressed oh. by the british there is no such thing as the anglophilia that i fucking in very in betrayal of my grandma uh-huh. Anne. You know, loving all things British is so offensive to the Irish side of the family because yeah. the reason the our Irish family emigrated out of Longford and Galway was because the brown coats were fu- the the British soldiers were in Ireland beating the shit out of children. My grandfather, as a child, was made to dig ditches for British soldiers instead of going to school. Jesus, they were it was crazy and yeah. they were awful, okay. and so Fair the charm did not come through. So it was I had the weirdest <gasps> perspective as an eleven year old. Old about because everyone's like i want to get my hair cut like lady dye or yeah. whatever and i was like it's this is all wrong you shouldn't be doing She's these aren't like good people she's breaking commemorative
1: plates in her, on her kitchen <laughs>
0: floor real. Bit, yeah she was like s- literally like spit on the ground type of like oh my god sw- switching off tv it was amazing i love fucking love my grandma ann okay <laughs> anyway so okay. in may of 19 19- this so we're gonna go back a little bit for the the plans of this hyatt regency kansas city um Uh, In May of 1978, construction begins. Um, it is in the Crown Center District by Union Station. Um, it's going to be 40 stories tall and it's going to feature a multi-story lobby atrium okay so like open you, air yes. and the glass yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. all that and again this was before this um in the late 70s early 80s all ceilings were much lower than they should have been and all <laughs> everything was brown carpet right it was like the inside of a depressing mall everywhere yes and it was all like the world was closing
1: in on you yeah. in g- uh, fucking earth tones in shades of earth tones <laughs> it was a bummer <laughs> and here comes Hyatt with a sweeping grand uh, ceiling look and- at the sky Oh, man, oh, my God. The plants are growing so tall. Sweet. So, yeah, they're trying to be modern
0: and, you know, atrium it up. Got it. Um, So the engineers um design floating walkways that are going to hang from the ceiling within the atrium at the second, third and fourth floors connecting the north and south wings of the hotel. So obviously this thing is massive and it's basically
1: like. It's going to be this futuristic mm-hmm. And so they had these little bridges running across the open air to like get from this side of the thing to this side. You can look down. It's beautiful. You can look up. It's still beautiful. You know, that yes, kind of
0: thing? Exactly. Okay. It, this is your atrium, like, you know, fancy big hotel experience. Yeah. You're exactly right. So four-story walkway sits directly above the second-story walkway while the third-story walkway is offset from that. Okay. So they basically, you know, are doing that that kind of thing got it they were playing with levels i'll talk about architecture later um (laughs) i wish you would in 2025 so (laughs) so as the building starts there's delays and setbacks which happens during all construction but for this one it was pretty bad most notably at one point a 2700 square foot portion of the roof collapses Mm. while they're building it so miraculously no one was hurt in that accident but it causes a significant delay in construction so finally on july 1st 1980 the hotel officially opens so for the next year everything's regular business as usual Mm -hmm. Um, normal hotel atrium walk (laughs) floating walkway shit got it um then on the evening of friday july 17th 1981 there's a crowd of roughly sixteen hundred people Shit. who have gathered in the lobby atrium area for the tea dance that the hotel put on for guests and whoever wanted to come. Like regularly? Yes, There's I'm not a sure dance. If- a tea dance. So it was basically an evening, early evening, like it was a apparently <laughs> we looked it up. I of course clicked that link on Wikipedia sure. where it's like, what the fuck is a tea dance? Yeah. And basically like after, you know, um sorry to go back, Grandma Anne, to British um culture, <laughs> but um after tea. Mm-hmm. There was a common thing like in tea rooms, they would have dances. So it'd be like early evening, fancy dress, fancy people. Right. Socializing.
1: Right. Post tea socializing. Got it. Um, And that's kind of what this was. Just like, why would you want to speak to anyone else in the hotel room if you're one of those people? Right. What the fuck? Yeah.
0: So there's there's us upstairs in their room <laughs> safely watching Forensic Files, loving life. But then there's a bunch of people, a ton of fucking people, sixteen hundred people downstairs having a tea dance, basically pretending to be fancy, being social. Yeah, and, and being in the new newly built forty story hotel that's like for them elegance. Got it. So. And then, of course, the rest of the hotel is business as usual. So there's foot traffic and there's people everywhere. Um, There's about 40 people standing on or walking across the second story walkway and about 16 to 20 people on the fourth story walkway. So you have to also imagine that you've gone up and say your rooms are there whatever. But you can look out over these walkways and see the lobby and see what everyone's doing down there. Mm-mm, I don't want to. You have to. Um-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Picture it now. Look at it. Bring
0: yourself... In your mind's eye, you don't want hear the music, there's it's the last place you'd ever think anything bad about Yeah, a tea dance. Yeah. Suddenly at seven oh five PM, patrons of the hotel and this is so oh, sickening I hate it. hear a popping noises ring out from the fourth <gasps> story walkway. Oh. The walkway itself drops several inches pauses for a no. moment and then collapses completely onto the second story walkway that sits below it and upon impact, the four story takes the second story walkway out with it and both of them come crashing down onto the tea dance
1: oh. and the lobby below. How long of a period was it? The seconds that that whole thing happened? Right. It was basically like this had Boom. been... Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little okay. bit about it but oh, that's yes, just, okay. it was like...
0: Okay and then crash
1: this is why i don't ever want to leave the house i
0: know and these stories don't help (laughs) so keep going so here we go so lock in and feel this fear and then (laughs) let it go later okay so of course the people in the lobby the people at this fucking tea dance are immediately buried Mm. in a massive pile of steel concrete Mm. and glass so it's bad news obviously. Emergency vehicles arrive on the scene. Firefighters and this is bad too. The firefighters use their jacks to lift and remove the rubble and to rescue people, but... Of course, there's so much rubble and it's so heavy because there's so much steel. They have to get local construction companies to come and bring their own jacks, concrete saws, jackhammers, torches, generators, even cranes to get in and start lifting this Uh. rubble off of survivors. Any type of machinery that would help that rescue mission got brought in. So everybody just like it was like the the call went yeah. out
1: yeah i'm picturing the remember the was it 94 earthquake when the twin uh bridges the in, in the bay area yeah the bay area double story bridges yeah what was that called that was the 89
0: earthquake okay thank you and the bay bridge collapsed the top layer collapsed onto the bottom layer. right and i
1: just remember watching the news and uh horrifying horrifying yes i that was bay nine Br- and i watched the news for the rest of Of course the- you <laughs> did
0: why wouldn't a nine-year-old be watching the nightly news right <laughs> <laughs> um, of course you were also uh if you haven't just to slightly silver line that one having nothing to do with the tragedy of that but the new bay bridge is so beautiful and amazing mm-hmm. to drive over if you hadn't had the chance the way they the top level as you're going from the berkeley side into san francisco has these spanners like it is so beautiful and amazing to drive over now every time i do it i i love it who knew karen was a bridgehead i'm i'm kind of into bridges and connecting with people (laughs) what who who what who is that girl okay so the chief of kansas city's emergency medical system was named dr joseph i'm gonna say wackerly great or wakerly okay thank you for my permission (laughs) he leads the search and rescue mission so um so at his direction, first responders, they set up a morgue in the exhibition mm-hmm. area of the hotel on the ground floor, basically, that's right by there. They have to use the hotel's driveway and front lawn Ugh. as the triage centers. That's how many people have been injured or killed. Um So the victims with the most severe injuries, obviously, are treated first. Anyone who can still walk is told to just get off the site immediately, like, just taken away. Wow. Um So the triage was basically dedicated to the very very wounded Uh or uh mortally wounded and that was basically just they needed people out to minimize the chaos chaos okay so (laughs) there are living people buried in the rubble obviously Uh and the first responders have to dig down to them and in doing so they come upon dead bodies (gasps) that are blocking the way (sighs) so these first responders at certain points, some of them were forced to dismember dead bodies oh. to get to
1: trapped survivors underneath. That's not something you get past in the weeks and months after this. If you're the first responders, I mean. No. You know? Absolutely not. No. And that's
0: part of the risk. And that's part of the sacrifice that first responders make. Yeah. It's like what we're talking about before where you see you're the, you're the person that gets called when the worst thing happens. Yeah. That takes a toll on anybody. Totally. And that's why, like, I think... I hear often ambulance drivers do it for like a certain amount of time yeah. and then they have to get out. Yeah. Because you can't just keep taking that on. No. That's, you know, that's really hard. Yeah. So, so yes. Th- and this is just like, yeah, it's, it's hor- the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um Also inside the hotel, the visibility is terrible. Right. Because there's debris and dust in the air. And then also um the power got shut off yeah. so that there wouldn't be electrical fires. So So uh, then also the Emergency sprinkler system is on. Shit. Because the, uh, because, the, um, yeah, uh, it's been triggered yeah. and they can't turn it off. So the lobby starts to flood. No. During this fucking rescue. No. So it's fucking like the fucking Poseidon adventure. Dude. I, I don't need to say fucking that much, but it's so upsetting. I do. Um, so <laughs> you, you do and I do. And I do. Um, okay. So now, the people who are alive under the rubble are are at risk of drowning on top of fucking everything else. Mm-mm. There is a survivor named Mark Williams who tells a story about being trapped um, under a beam. Both his legs have been dislocated, <gasps> and he the water came up to the point where he almost drowned. They saved him right in time. Oh, he was. Like on the verge of drowning, and then they finally got to him and got him out. Oh my god. How horrible is that? Yeah. This rest the entire rescue operation lasts fourteen hours. Jesus. Twenty nine people are rescued from the debris, but by the end of it all, a hundred and fourteen people are pronounced dead. <sighs> With a, an additional 219 people injured. Oh my God. That's so many people. It's so many people. But then if you think about the fact that there were almost 2,000 people in that lobby. Yeah. Because 1,600 were at the tea dance, but like, you know, yeah. then there's a bunch of other people. So obviously, ho- it's so many people and it's horrifying, but it could have been worse. Right. Um, i guess you could always say that okay so in the wake of the collapse the local newspaper the kansas city star hires an architectural engineer Mm. named wayne g lishka wayne to investigate what went wrong yes um so three days later on july 20th 1981 he finds wayne finds the original design of the walkways um and he sees that they were changed during construction the architectural firm was called jack d Gillum and associates um I almost didn't name them because yeah. it's such a terrible thing, but, but this is essentially what happened. Cause it's, it's human error, but also nothing isn't, it's not, it's not because people were, um, Purposely, right? It wasn't, hurt. yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, that architectural firm drew up the original designs for the walkways. Um, he, they planned for there to be three pairs of steel tie rods running straight down from the ceiling through both the fourth and second floor walkways. So these six rods in total would secure both of the walkways to the ceilings. Mm-hmm. The rods would then be um, secured by nuts. And then I wrote, and perhaps bolts, because, because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing funny about this story. Um, uh-huh. so the steel company who manufactured those rods was called Haven Steel Company. They argued this design wouldn't work. They said that in order to fasten nuts onto the rods to hold the fourth floor walkway in place, the entire length of the rod, um, from the fourth floor down would have to be threaded. So you know how, like, when you put a bolt on a screw? Mm-hmm. Oh. The whole thing would have to be that way, they were saying, Um, because any slight chink in the threading would make it impossible to screw the nut all the way up from the bottom of the rod. To the fourth floor walkway, it would be too delicate to execute. Okay. Okay, so Haven Steel Company's solution was instead to have two sets of six rods. The first set would run from the ceiling to the fourth floor walkway and then would be fastened to the walkway with nuts. And then the second set of rods would run from the fourth floor walkway down to the second floor walkway, fastened by nuts. The problem with this alternate plan is instead of having the ceiling supporting both mm-hmm. sets of walkways, you know how ha- you now have the ceiling supporting the fourth floor walkway walkway and the fourth floor walkway supporting the second floor walkway mm-hmm. so it's like, not that you need this explained, but it I helped me. It's like having two mountain climbers who are rappelling down of the mountain face. Mm-hmm. And instead of having both of them have their things planted on top of the cliff going down, it's one guy has it coming down and then the second climber is attached to the first climber. Right. So if one thing goes wrong, they're both fucked. Right. And you can't with that kind of like gravity pull. Right. It's sing- a single attachment. Inst- uh, you know what I mean? They're too dependent. Yeah. Interdependent on each other. Got it. I am uh, both an architect and a steel expert. So, to make matters worse, the original design that the architecture firm drew up was already bad because it would have only held 60% of the minimum load required um, by Kansas City building code. Okay. So, there was a code issue in the design. But under the new design plan offered by the Haven Steel Company, the weight bearing capacity dropped to 30% of the required minimum. So, that change of going, oh, we'll just hang the one from the other made it even worse. Because it didn't have its own support. Right, exactly. Even less... Secure. Got it. Right. Thank you. So, um, also on top of that, all the bolts were placed directly through the welded joints in the box beams. This is detail, but mm. the joints are the weakest part of the beam. So, that's basically where the beams bend or like come together. Got it. So, um, they put all those, that's where they attached everything, oh. which is the weakest part
1: of the beam, not the middle, the strongest part. Of the right. Beam, right. It's like they, 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 yeah. So, like, if that had been in the middle, if those uh, joints had failed, it wouldn't have been as disastrous if they were in the correct place to hold everything up.
0: Right. Because, like, it's like the strength of the beam is in the middle of the right. beam, not
1: in the end. Right. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. So the middle has no support. Right. Got it. So I'm now an architect. Too. I mean,
0: this is this is so much bullshitting from me, but <laughs> I think I get I'm it. Fascinated by this. I yeah. think I get it. And there's good pictures. Obviously, Wikipedia is. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. Main research. We can say it at the end. Okay. Um, But they have pictures on there showing it. So it's much easier to to visualize, obviously, looking at a picture. Yeah.
1: Visualizing
0: a picture. When did I become like a weird liar? That's That's what this feels like. Like I'm lying my way through this. Okay. So... The issue ultimately becomes, um, because of a lack of communication between those two companies, the steel company and the architect. Right. So the l- initial plans laid out by the architects were only meant to be pl- preliminary sketches, but they were taken by the Haven Steel Corporation to be the final design. Okay. And when Haven's proposed the new bolt fix to put it out on the, on the, um, joints. Yeah. No one looked into whether or not that would work. Ugh. The architects didn't.
1: Nobody did. They just went by what they already had, which wasn't the final design. They were
0: like, we think it would work better out here. The end. Oh, my God.
1: The head engineer at the uh,
0: architecture firm was extremely busy and so Ah. assigned supervision of this build to an associate engineer. And the execs at the steel company pitched their design revision over the phone, and the associate engineer approved it verbally. Yay. And now I go on to my rant about how much I hate conference calls and how (laughs) it doesn't work. Yeah. Have the meeting. Have every meeting face to face that you can. Yeah. Because nobody pays attention on the phone. You don't want to be on that call anyway. No. Of course, you're playing solitaire while everyone's having this conversation. I'm looking at Instagram cats. (laughs) It's like reading other emails. Yeah, It's it's, we need to call an end to conference calls. Joe Schwartz right now. Okay. (laughs) When investigators later ask the associate engineer why he approved the revised plan, he says he believed a written request would then be filed after the phone call. Basically, everyone thought there was checks and balances, systems in place right. that were not there. Like
1: a verbal OK does not mean start construction. Exactly. It's kind of like me where I, you get upset with me when I do this. Like, yep, sure, that sounds good. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking say no to this later. And then you're like, people think you mean yes. I'm like, no, I can say no to this later. I just am being nice on the conference call because I want to get off. Right, exactly. It's conference call politics That's that right. we all get sucked in. Sure, sounds great. Send it
0: over. And I'm like, no, don't push that rock down the hill. Now it's going to be a boulder. (laughs) Okay. Um... A lot of PTSD from producing television. Okay, so essentially with the cause of the collapse determined the engineers at Gilliam Associates who approved the project were all found responsible Mm. of gross negligence, misconduct, unprofessional conduct in the practice of engineering by the Missouri Board of Architects, professional engineers, and land surveyors. So everyone was mad
1: at them. All
0: the fucking guys that wear khakis and put their hands on their hips and look into the distance with a flat hand above their eyes were pissed. Hard hats everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, Smashed to the ground. Stomped with large, wonderful timberland boots. Uh, So they're charged with... uh, They're initially charged with criminal charges, but they're eventually dropped. Instead, they just all lost their engineering licenses. So, of course, uh, obviously people had to pay and yeah. I mean like the things needed to happen and change um, the architecture company is also cleared of criminal negligence but they, they lose their engineering license can no longer operate as an engineering company in Missouri or Kansas mm. the victims and their families are awarded a total of about 140 million dollars in judgments and settlements which is almost 400 million dollars <gasps> today
1: good sometimes you hear these settlements and you're like it's not even a million dollars for all the victims families and it's fucking yeah. ridiculous no I I think especially because
0: this was just it was truly gross
1: negligence where
0: it's just like there's there's no arguing i bet you both of those companies didn't even argue it's just like this is terrible um the problem is several rescuers suffered considerable ptsd because of what they had to experience in those rescues and they actually formed which i loved this so much they had to later rely upon each other to form an informal support group to get through it which is so beautiful, because, of course, that's such a specific yeah. um, thing to need support for. You, you're not going to get that from just a normal, oh, I've been through something hard or whatever. It's no. like that is a very specific thing that kind of rescue you know, first responder PTSD. And
1: I bet, you know, those they're probably taught to like man up or whatever and like fucking deal with it and don't reach out. And the fact that not just one person, but multiple people reached out to be like, I'm not okay and I need help from this. Yes. is just, it's a lesson to all of us. It
0: is. And the fact that it happened in 1981. Yeah. Back when if you had were in therapy, you were out of your fucking right. mind. Like my mom started going to therapy when I was in junior high and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Like, oh, are we gonna like, is it all falling apart now? Of course, I wanted it to, but. Um,
1: chaos. She, chaos, she, chaos. Chaos. Chaos.
0: Meanwhile, she was just in like uh, uh, Al Anon, essentially. Right. She started going to Al Anon to be like, it is bad when both your parents are alcoholics, right? Oh, that affected me. <laughs> that makes poorly. sense. Um, yeah, I'm a psychiatric nurse and this sucks. <laughs> yes. And it's why I'm a psychiatric nurse. Right. Um, so, yeah. The beautiful part is that the first responders who went through it came together. The terrible part is there's is a jackhammer operator named Bill Alman who died by suicide because of the experiences that he had mm. in this. So it's it is a true and total tragedy yeah. all the way around. Since then, this hotel has been renovated, rebranded several times. Oh, the okay. latest was a 13 million dollar renovation. Um it's now a Sheraton. We didn't that, stay there when we were in St. Louis, did we? We could have. <laughs> Um, Wait, it was completed up. in in twenty twelve. I mean, but isn't here is the weirdest part? Uh, and Stephen, correct my. I was going to say, correct my Spanish, correct my math, <laughs> if I'm wrong. But it's been almost forty years since this happened. <gasps> forty years. <C>. See,
1: <laughs> forty five probably. Yeah. How is it? Wait. Well, We've I was born in '80. No, I was born in '80, and I'm 38. Do the math. So minus one. So it's been 37 years. It's been
0: 37 years. How is that has that happen? Real. God, that's crazy. So, oh, I just read the last line. And so that is the horrifying and terrifying story of the Kansas City Hyatt Walkway Collapse of
1: 1981. uh amazing. Not so right. Good job. Thank you. No, that was, yeah, I, yeah, I have a anxiety disorder and I don't like leaving the house because so many bad things can happen when you do that. It's true. And that's one of them. That's one of them. But also, and I know we talk about stuff like this a lot, but
0: also lots of great things can happen. Yeah. So I think when we dedicate Cause we often talk about like, why is, why does this relieve our anxiety? Yeah. Why does this make us feel better? And it's because we can all sit here and go, this happened. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every year. It fucking almost never happens, but it did. So like, you can get that feeling of like, but now I'm aware. Yeah. So I'm not walking out into this mystery world.
1: Yeah. Uh, like ignorant. I know a little something. I, yeah. Being aware that there's chaos in the world doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. It no. can just be that you, you know, walk around. Awa- walk around. You walk around. It could just be that you walk around with an awareness and maybe a little anxiety, but also, you know. But then there's also the thing of then you can you
0: can free up your mind to then focus on the good things that happen when you walk out your door. Okay. Because. I have to remind myself of this a lot, where it's like, if you stay in this house, the same thing's going to happen. You know what's going to happen in this house. You have to get out and be around people and allow good things to happen so that that is the thing that comes to mind when you look at the Hyatt Hotel and you're like, great things happen in there. It's not just the disasters and the horror things. There's
1: room service, too. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Forensic Files is never not on.
1: That's a miracle. Yeah, that's a good point to remember is that good things Happen to when you leave the house, just as often, if not more. That's true. You just have to focus. You have to teach yourself to notice it and
0: pay it and give it as much credence as you do your fears.
1: Okay. Hey, speaking of, I'm pointing at you, but I mean me. Okay. Three i'm pointing back. at me, and I mean me too. <laughs> hey, let's. Talk. Is anyone going to point at me? <laughs> let's name one of those good things, shall right. we? Let's do it's it. It's fucking hooray time. Mm. Do you want to go first? or me to go first. You do it. Okay. um So there's this thing called PRP. It's platelet rich plasma where they take your blood and put it in a centrifuge and, um, separate the good stuff and then platelets, platelets, and then they inject it into a painful spot in your body, say my lower back that is very fucked up with degenerative disc bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that platelet rich plasma is supposed to heal that area. They use it for like a lot of that's like tennis elbow and bullshit, like wristy stuff. Yeah. So I got that this week. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and it's gonna take a couple weeks to know if it works, but I'm really fucking hopeful. There was a murderino who worked in the office, so that was <gasps> nice and she nice. was very sweet. She was at our um, Halloween show. Melissa, what's up? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm putting it out there because I really want it to work, and I'm hopeful that it will. It'd That's be great. Nice not to have back pain all the time anymore. That's right. Great. great. What's yours? Are you gonna cry?
0: No. <laughs> But I, if I were go, If I were to I would be fine with it <laughs> Well I guess I will say this This is like from today And I know I talk about my therapist Like I She's my uh She's my Fucking hooray a lot It's a very important relationship In our lives It is and it's it also is just this, I feel like there's this pipeline of information that I get from her. Like all the things I was just saying to you is fucking yeah. straight out of her mouth. Yeah. That I've just gone, oh yeah, like this idea that you're this way, you're just a way and that's your fucking fault right. and like too bad for you or whatever is like, you one of the things I love about therapy is there's a person there going, "Excuse me, I just have a quick argument for that." And so whatever thing I put on the table, you know, it's just a person going, and she you know, we've talked about like it's that thing of when you're in a trauma response and you can't tell because you just think you're you just think you're trying to deal with the shit that's you just going think down. you're responding. Right. And we were talking about the voice that comes up when you f- you're you experiencing, like, say, rejection or, um, you know, whatever, some negative thing. And mm-hmm. I have this voice because she, OK, I've talked about this, but it's the rule of six where you're the thing that you fear you think is happening. Right. And that's your forearm. Right. But then your open hand is the five other possibilities that could be happening. Right. And you, the practice is to go through and just be like, what else could it be besides this thing I've decided? Yeah. And. Uh, we were taught I said, you know, that's all well and good. We've you've been telling me to do this for about 15 years. Yeah, but there's a voice in my head that I like to like I believe is like the realist who's always like, well, that's fine. But the truth is, yeah, you're just gross. You know, and the truth. Stop Karen. being sad. Stop right. being pathetic. You're gross. <laughs> it seems to be what that voice always says. Yeah.
1: And the voice says it nicely, like, oh. warmly. It's okay. You're just a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, and you know it, too, and it's fine. Yeah. So it's not so, like you can be like, you're mean.
0: No, no, no. It's like, it's almost like, oh, this close friend that's just letting me know the reality of yeah. it. And so then, to me, and and she and I have talked about this, too, is like, you running through the other scenarios seems pathetic and immature to me. It mm-hmm. seems like what a sad person would do. Mm-hmm. When I'm just like, look, I'm a realist. I get it. I'm yeah. just gross. Whatever. And so she said this thing. She goes, no, no, no. I have that voice, too and then she threw her head back and smiled and goes but I'm on to her. Aww. I'm on to her. And I was just like you are the best like because she's not saying from up here yeah. here's your diagnosis and here's what you need to do. She's going this is the human fucking condition. Yeah. This is what we do to ourselves. We th- and and we're doing it cuz we think it's going to keep us safe and yeah. secure.
1: Because And also because it's worked at some point in your life. Right. And it's, it's done what you needed it to do at some point in your life. Yes. And now you're a, an adult and you're in different circumstances and it's the thing you know how to do so you continue to do it. I do it too. Yeah. You continue to do it because it's always worked and maybe there's a different way. And I love that she was like, here's, let me show you an example. It's not that you stop doing that, period. Karen, won't you learn how to fucking do this? Right. It's. No, I'm paying attention and I can tell that that's not the right response. Like, that's not the response that feels good to me. Right. That's a different fucking response. It's like she, she the other, uh, way she, the metaphor she
0: used is like, you know, in a brilliant mind, when he, he finally caught on that he would, have we talked about this? I've he, never seen it. Oh, it's really good, but he's, gets, he has yeah, schizophrenia, yeah. but okay. he's also this brilliant mathematician. Yeah. And when he finally catches on that he's having these, um, halluc- not hallucinations, but he's in, basically having his like psychotic episode Mm -hmm. is all the people that aren't really there that he thinks are there they never age and he ages (gasps) and he finally at the end of the movie is like how come you're not as old as i am and then the person disappears you just spoiled it <laughs> Guess what? You had fucking tw- 10 years <laughs> I, to watch that movie. It's fair, I did. Um, oh, I spoiled it for you? I'm sorry. No, oh, is, is that a surprise? <laughs> well, it, no, because you know, you see it happening where you know that he's okay. in, he's in that. Movie. Okay, Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> he's dead the whole time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's yeah. that thing where like when you're, when things feel dire, all of this is to say, when things feel dire and black and white and my life is on the line everything's on the line if one move happens this is going to be if georgia Mm -hmm. says yes on the phone that's what we're going to have to do the end i can't take it back there's nothing and i panic Mm -hmm. and it's that thing of like you have to go or nothing happens and everyone knows that
1: this is all conversation and it's no big deal Mm -hmm. and you can like walk it backwards or if i do fuck something up maybe it can be corrected at some point it's not like i didn't sign anything (laughs) your honor (laughs) show me my signature <laughs>
0: prove, it. prove it prove i fucking said it and then they're playing tapes back from conference call here's <laughs> you sorry we already had it so i mean whatever it's yeah. like perspective but yeah. it's like the idea that we can even be having that conversation at this point when i've lived in basically trauma pocket panic mode for like so long yeah that fucking hooray for
1: perspective i guess i love that is what i'm trying to say i'm gonna i'm gonna use it too i'm gonna steal your fucking hooray and i'm gonna try to do it i mean that's the new. name i wish you could see karen she's grabbing her wrists her like forearm <laughs> that's what she does every time puts her five hands up that's the new murderino salute yeah it's five li- fingers it looks- it's the rule of six yeah
0: Grab your forearm and Hi, and spread then spread your hand like it's a high five. Yeah, that you're keeping yourself from giving another person. But grip really hard because this is difficult. Just really, like, really I'm hard. Really hard. Strangle, strangle that first thing that you assume, right. and really try to get those five other fingers and then going. Count
1: five other options. It's I really, love it. It's really hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Um. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah. We um, hope you can. Use some of our bullshit to help your bullshit, and don't be afraid to send your bullshit into us and let us have yours at myfavoritemurder.blogspot.org. <laughs> right? No. no, please go look at our new website at myfavoritemurder.com. Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Thanks for thanks for sticking with us. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Goodbye, Goodbye. Elvis. You want a cookie? <laughs>